The Dancepreneuring Studio, Session 40. How a dysfunctional relationship with dance led to freedom and success. Hello and welcome to the Dancepreneuring Studio. My name is Annette Bone and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. Every other week, I get the privilege of bringing you some of the best and creative minds who are connected to the art of dance, and they share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and business forward. I'm so excited to bring you my featured guest today, and in our Step to Success segment, do you see what I see? In our Dancer's Dialect segment, variety is the spice of life. In our Freestyle Flow segment, Take off the war paint. And in our feature presentation, how a dysfunctional relationship with dance led to freedom and success. This is going to be an awesome one. Here we go. Hi, this is Monica Volkmar, founder of The Dance Training Project and creator of Dance Stronger. You're listening to another episode of The Dance Premiering Studio with Annette Bone. It's profitable to be skillful and wise. Welcome to this week's Step to Success. A step to your success is anything that moves your life and your business forward. Whether it's an app, a book, or an idea, you can apply something today that will help you succeed. Sometimes words aren't enough, and that's why it's important to use images and video to communicate your message. A tool that helps with that is called Snagit from a company called TechSmith, and I've linked it in the show notes at annettebone.com forward slash 040. I use this tool quite often in working with clients. It makes it very simple to capture screenshots of web pages as well as record anything else you want to show. If you use a MacBook, another simple way to capture a screenshot is to use the command, shift, and the number four keys all together. Because we all process information differently, it's important to find different ways to communicate our messages. And now, Life and Business Connect with the Dancer's Dialect. The Dancer's Dialect is the dancer's language. I share dance terminology across different genres that relate to your life and to your business. Today's word is applicable to dance, even if it's not quote-unquote a dance word per se, and that's cross-training. I thought this word would be appropriate to share since my featured guest talks about the importance of cross-training, meaning to supplement your dance training or any other type of training you're doing with other types of exercises in order to become a better and stronger dancer and to prevent injuries. I'm certainly finding that to be the case as I have added different conditioning exercises to my dance training, and I am noticing a huge difference. How do you cross-train in your business? Have you ever thought about that? There are three of many things that you can do to apply the cross-training concept in your business. Number one, you can study different industries to see what you can implement to yours. Number two, schedule rest times, which are very important in physical cross-training and just as important in your business. Number three, figure out something in your business that you can change temporarily to test and see what kind of results you get. For instance, it can be something as simple as just changing the color of a subscribe button on your website or changing the copy or the text on something else on your website. Test it out and see what happens and maybe you will keep that change if you get better results with it. It's all about testing and all about measuring. As they say, variety is the spice of life. 
And that is certainly the case in dance and in business. And now anything goes with Freestyle Flow. What's on your mind today, Annette? War paint is on my mind. (laughs) It's what I refer to when I see someone wear excessive makeup, especially in dance class. You will not find me wearing makeup when I exercise, but I do wear it if I'm going to a business meeting or if I'm going somewhere where I need to dress it up a little bit. So it's not like I never wear it. I know that you want to present your best self, but the thought of having a bunch of guck on my face as I'm sweating profusely is yucky. I sweat so much that I can squeeze the sweat out of my ponytail as if I just took a shower. It's that intense. And I see people in class that don't even look like they're working hard and breaking a sweat, but are more concerned with how they look as opposed to how they're dancing. My personal opinion is that it's great to sweat and your skin needs to breathe. I've linked an article from the Huffington Post in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash zero four zero that I think you'll find interesting entitled, Why You Definitely Shouldn't Wear Makeup to the Gym. Enough said. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. I am so thrilled to be bringing you my next guest, and we have some really cool things to talk about. I want to introduce you to Monica Volkmar, who is the founder of the Dance Training Project and the Dance Stronger Program, which I had the privilege of going through this past summer. Monica is a former professional dancer. She's a graduate of Ryerson University's dance program. She's a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the NSCA, a functional movement screen certified therapist, level two neurokinetic therapy practitioner, and a Thai massage therapist and teacher at Bontai Spa in Toronto. I'm so excited to bring her to you because she's going to dispel a lot of interesting myths about what it takes to be a good dancer. Good meaning a dancer that is preventing injuries and mindful of their body and and the biomechanics that are often ignored in dance, which lead to injuries. So I'm thrilled to be introducing you to Monica Volkmar. Thank you, Monica, so much for joining me. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, I'm I'm so excited to get into these questions. You had mentioned on an interview you did a few years ago that you had a love-hate relationship with dance through your college years. Can you tell us more about that and how that led you to creating the dance training project? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess you could say my, my love-hate relationship with dance was more of a love-hate relationship with myself. A lot of times we think that um, like dance is the thing that injures us, but it's not. Dance can be a really, really healing art form to practice. And often it's ourselves and our habits and our lifestyles that end up hurting us. And because dance is so physical and so demanding, if we're not taking care of ourselves, then the things we do with our bodies, especially dancing, will start to hurt us. So I used to blame dance and used to hate dance because it was hurting me and because I couldn't do it well. But really, it was my own fault. Like I made choices that ultimately led to that kind of hate relationship. But um, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. So, um, yeah, so I went to Ryerson University for dance. And uh, basically, I, I did that because I wasn't really sure what else to do with my life. <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to that just graduating from high school and being like, well, I don't know what to do, but I'm pretty good at dancing. So I might as well keep doing this and see what happens. So my aspiration was to perform professionally, which I ended up doing a little bit. But uh, in my third year of university, 
um, that's when things started to go kind of downhill. Like I was starting to get injured and a lot of it was because, like I was saying, I, I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, when I was 14, I went down the path of disordered eating and obviously that wasn't super great for my health. So I attribute that and a lot of issues with self-esteem and just because of the, the nature of dancing and the com competition and the judgment and the need to look a certain way. A lot of that led to my injuries, I would say. It was less to do with um, like actually dance hurting me, like I was saying, and more to do with just the fact that I was so not taking care of myself. I really didn't like my body and I didn't like myself and I just was not feeding myself. So because of that, in third year, I just became so overtrained. I had no more energy left and I started getting injured. So my back got hurt. In fourth year, I had another back injury, actually two more back injuries, a hamstring injury and a neck injury. And on top of that, just a lot of chronic pain all over like my knees and hips and stuff. So I did eventually have to stop dancing after the hamstring injury. And that was just the beginning of my second semester of fourth year. So I was so close to graduating and, and I was forced to stop then. And that was pretty disappointing. But I made um, a commitment to myself on that injury. I was like, I'm not going to let this bring me down. This has to be for a reason. Like, I can't just let all of these years of dancing go to waste. This is going to lead to something greater. And I didn't know what it was yet, but I knew that I wanted to learn more about how to prevent injuries and how to get stronger. Um, and I should say at, at that time, like while I was in third and fourth year, I was just starting to learn more about strength training, going to the gym and working out. And I was getting certified as a personal trainer, mostly for aesthetic purposes. Like I, I really had no idea that strength training would in any way benefit my dancing. Um, I just wanted to look better, you know, I was still dealing with a little bit of self-esteem stuff and like I was getting better, but I still like, I just felt that I needed to, you know, stop, stop doing excessive cardio and stop doing just crunches and actually learn how to train well. So that was a, that was a good direction to go down. But unfortunately, because I was so overtrained, like I was, I was not sleeping. I still wasn't getting enough energy in terms of the calories and stuff like that. So, so I became uh, just burnt out. And because I was like, I was so into strength training, I was doing it like four days a week on top of all my dancing. So like, that was way too many hours of physical activity at a high intensity. And um, so even though the strength training could have been really good long term for me at that time, I just wasn't ready for it. And that also led to my injuries. So um, but however, before I did get injured, the last one, the hamstring injury, I noticed that things were getting better in my dancing, like my um, like my jumps were getting better. I felt more grounded. I could feel my core activating. My alignment was getting better. My balance is better. Like I was turning, I could do like, uh, I was never a good turner. So to say that I could do doubles was like really huge for me because doubles are really hard to do. I'm <laughs> 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 not a turner at all, more of a jumper, but anyway, so I was noticing all these things were getting better. It was awesome. Um, and then I got injured and I was like, well, I'm on to something here. I have to learn more about this and I have to teach this. So as soon as I graduated, basically, from Ryerson, I started the first ever uh, summer program, uh, the Dance Training Project Summer Program. And somehow, despite my lack of experience, people somehow trusted me. And I actually had a really good summer and learned a lot. And since then, I've been uh, helping dancers to learn how to get stronger so they can move better and prevent injuries and just prevent all of the stuff that I did and not make the same mistakes that I made. So now I'm back to kind of like what you'd call a love relationship with 
uh, most importantly myself, but I can, I can now dance and know how to not hurt myself doing it. So I can actually get better at it because I'm not recovering from injuries all the time, which is just huge. Yeah. I think that's, that's about it there. I cover everything. Well, I really appreciate your transparency about the love hate aspect of dance and how you didn't, you know, initially, like you said, you blame dance, but really it was about the internal issues that you were dealing with. And I think that a lot of that is not addressed in the public as much. And especially with our culture today, like you see professional dancers and you see all these things commercialized. And for me, for the longest time before that I, what I had to get over is that just because you didn't like dance professionally or you weren't featured in a music video or commercial. That didn't mean that you couldn't have some kind of career that was dance related. I thought that that was the pinnacle of, and of course I was younger then, but I thought, okay, if you, if you don't get into a company or you're not performing with so-and-so, then you really haven't made it in dance. And so I think that can do so much to your self image and then you just kind of shut down and then it affects everything else. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And also like if you are, injured and you go to a physiotherapist or a chiropractor or some kind of rehabilitation specialist and and they tell you that oh dance is hurting you you can't dance anymore like that's what you have to do to get better you have to stop like that's horrible that just really is a shattering to your identity if that's mm-hmm. if you really identify with being a dancer and then someone tells you you can't do it because it's hurting you it's like well who am i now that i can't dance and and it's really important to know that it's not the dancing itself that is the, to blame it's the way you're doing it and the choices that you're making like everything you do is a reflection of your choices and your lifestyle and that includes how dance feels for you and how it goes so yeah i think that's it's really huge that's awesome i love that what are the biggest obstacles that you help dancers and non-dancers through your training um i guess to go on that back point it's one of the things is that I, I really want them to differentiate between uh, being a human being and being a dancer and understand that the training that we're doing isn't necessarily to help them the dancer, but it's to help them the human being so that they can then become a better dancer. And in like you do so many hours of dance classes in a week and it's really they, they ignore every other aspect of your life. They don't think about you and your relationships and the choices you're making with your life and and the way that you move as a human. They don't really care about you as a human. They care about you as the dancer and they just want your toes to be pointier and you to like suck in your stomach and breathe in your chest and do all those dancer type things. And for me, I just want to bring the awareness back to the fact that to become better at those things, you actually have to move pretty well as a human being first, especially if uh, you started dancing at the age of like two and you never really learned how to do basic movements because your initial movement training was dancing. Like dancing is awesome and it's so good for like your brain and for your body. Well, it can be. But if that's the only thing you have, like if you specialized so early and then never got to experience other forms of moving to uh, to create a larger vocabulary of movement, then you're missing out on a lot of patterns in your body. So it's one of the main things I would say that I, I want to help dancers with, and just not, non, not dancers, but non-dancers as well, is just restoring basic movement patterns. Like if you are unable to just especially breathe, you know, <laughs> like that's gonna, that's the most fundamental human movement you can do is just that ribcage and stomach expansion simultaneously and a 360 degree kind of pattern. Like in dance, they tell you, don't do that. You must suck in your stomach and breathe into your chest. And if that's 
something that you're never trained out of doing, and that's the only way that you know how to move and to breathe, then that's going to kind of mess up a lot of opportunities for you in terms of moving. So I suppose that would be the main thing. And of course, when you learn to move well like that, then you can get stronger and you can work on mobility and flexibility. Um, other things I would say that are important that I'd like to help dancers with is the mindset and just understanding that it's okay to rest. Rest is important. You need to do it to get stronger, that it's, it's okay to make mistakes and that you don't need to dance through injuries all the time. Like you can, you can communicate with your teachers and tell them that you're injured and take rest when you need it because that's what's going to help you to have a long career and dancing through injury and dancing through pain and not getting it sorted out is probably not a great long-term strategy. So, um, yeah. One of the things you had talked about as well on an interview is how at the end of your dance classes, you and your classmates would talk about negative things like how you didn't perform an adagio well or something else. What was the process in changing your mindset about that? It was a long process. <laughs> um, yeah, you kind of have to take stuff like that one day at a time, just focus on the small wins. But I guess that those negative comments come from just extreme amounts of self-judgment and taking yourself so seriously and thinking that you need to be perfect. So how do you train yourself out of that? Well, uh, it takes a long time to do that because you have to, again, just learn how to really love yourself and really enjoy being in your body and be totally comfortable with how your body feels and then be comfortable enough to make mistakes and understand that it's good to make mistakes. That's how you learn. If you're trying to be perfect all the time and beating yourself up about not being perfect and then getting sad and angry and just frustrated at not being perfect is not going to allow you to improve um, and really getting to that state where you can make those mistakes and understand, okay, this is good. I'm, I'm making a mistake here. I can improve upon this. Like that's not easy to do because we're all such perfectionists. Like I think a lot of people listening to this, if they're dancers, they can relate to being kind of type A, needing to be like the best at everything. And you don't need to be always perfect. You know, like when you're on stage performing and the stakes are high, like you better wish that you had made a lot of mistakes so you know what not to do. And you've gone there so that when you're on stage and you're even more stressed out, like you, you need to have made those mistakes. So it's good when your adagio doesn't go well or you fall out of turns, you know, as long as you're learning from that, you just have to kind of understand that that's good. Like it's, it's awesome when you fall, when I'm working with dancers and we're doing stuff that they're not comfortable with, like doing a single leg exercise or just getting them into a position that they never get in, like going back to teaching them movement patterns that they never use. Like then they get there and they're like, Oh my God, this is so hard. And they're falling all over the place and getting frustrated. I'm like, yes. Thank you. I'm glad. High five. I'm glad you fell down. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not a mean person, but like you need to do that because you need to learn how to not do that. And the only way is to actually fall and go get out of your comfort zone, you know? So yeah, it's not an easy process to, to get like that. Um, I think some people are better at it than others. I for sure was super, super type A, like perfectionist, like just always needed to be perfect. I needed to be like everyone. I needed everyone to like me and that just adds so much extra stress. And if you are stressed out and you're dancing, like things are not going to go well. You're going to tense up. You're going to get hurt because you're tense and you're not going to be able to do things as, as well. And then when you do make mistakes, you're going to just take it so, so negatively and personally. And 
not ever want to to go there again. You say, oh, that went terrible. I'm never going to do that again. I'm just going to stay in the corner in the back and like tense up and and stay in my comfort zone. Yep. (laughs) I resonate so much with uh, what you say in you know, in your training and just with your mindset and everything. And I resonated so much with what you said about how you love dance teachers that know body awareness and biomechanics and that they actually teach that in their classes. And like we just talked about how you emphasize that it's important to challenge your body to failure because you get stronger that way, you learn. And I I certainly went through that with your Dance Stronger program. Can you tell us more about the Dance Stronger program? Uh, For sure. So uh, Dance Stronger started as a free program on my website a couple of years ago because I I felt that uh, all dancers everywhere needed to know that it was okay to strength train. And not only that, but they needed to have some information on how to start doing it so they didn't do silly things like I did, like just run or do excessive cardio. Like my my training at the gym that I did, which I thought was effective, was just I'm going to run for half an hour. And then I'm going to get on the stationary bike for half an hour. And then if I'm feeling good, I'm going to go on the elliptical for another 20 minutes. And then I'm going to lie on the floor and do crunches for another 20 minutes. And like, obviously that was not effective. It just made me hurt and made my knees hurt, my back hurt. And I just like got drained and exhausted. So um, I know probably a lot of dancers like that, they mean well and they start to work out and they do that. And maybe that's better than nothing, but actually it probably is a little bit counterproductive. So I needed dancers to know that, okay, this is like not perfect, but this is, this is at least better than doing that excessive cardio and crunches and like damaging your joints. So, um, I just put together a basic strength training program that is similar to like stuff that I would do in the first couple of weeks of working with a new client. Um, and as the years went on and I learned more and I started to change the way I train people, hopefully for the better, I look back on this program. It's like, Oh my God, really? This is, this is what I'm recommending. This is terrible. Like I just, I look back on that program and I'm like, Oh God, like face palm. Why? Um, and I just felt like I needed to make a new one. I needed to make it better. Um, and I was having an email conversation with another dancer who is also in LA. Um, we'll call him Joe. And Joe, like he's a student. He doesn't have a lot of money to spend, but he was recovering from injuries and like he had a hamstring injury and he was working with some physiotherapists and he like actually was awesome and he loves deadlifting. And he's like, Monica, how can I like start deadlifting again? Like my physios are telling me, that it's not a good exercise to do because it'll hurt my back. But like, actually, if you're doing deadlifts right, it won't hurt your back. So I had to give me some reassurance that it's okay. Um, and it got me thinking, like, how can I help this guy? Um, so my idea was to redesign the Dance Stronger program and then make uh, give it the opportunity to a group of people to try it out and give me some feedback to see if it actually helps them. And in that way, I could allow some people you know, like this guy, Joe, to try it out and give me some feedback and help me while I'm helping him. And then hopefully offer that program again for uh, for a reasonable cost. So for me, I chose donation only um, because people like Joe, like they can't afford to go hire a trainer for however much that is, like a hundred bucks an hour, or whatever, for two times a week. So that's way too much. Like dance students, they, they just can't afford that. And those are the people that need it the most are the young ones, the people that are like between 15 and like 20 that are in school or like professional dancers. Like they don't always have that much money to spend on this kind of, of training. So that was the purpose for Dance Stronger. And basically when I started working with the trial group, as you know, Annette, um, I was, my initial plan was just to 
film the exercises, give them to you guys in a structure and tell me how it felt to do them. But then I was like, no, there's, there's so much that I need you to know about why and how and philosophically and conceptually about these exercises before you even start. Otherwise, you're not going to get much out of it. So Dance Stronger also turned into a book, which was totally not my anticipation to also be writing a book. Um, so I did that. And it was so awesome to be able to write each chapter and send them to you and the group and then get immediate feedback on it. And I felt so fortunate that there were actually some professional editors in the group and they offered to edit the book for me for free, which was so amazing. Um, so that was that was so great just to be able to work with the child group and get that feedback right away. But um, so Dan Stronger includes the book. It includes um, a section on breathing. It includes a section on warming up and movement preparation. And it has four weeks worth of exercises that you can do. Um, and it, they're not meant for someone who's already had many, many years of training. So if you're someone who's more advanced, like it's going to be a good refresher program to get back to basics and maybe see some new ways of doing things. But mostly the program is intended for beginners who who don't really know anything about strength training. So if you don't have any experience at all, like maybe you've done um, like a Pilates class or yoga class, but you don't know anything about actually strength training and movement patterns and functional movement, then this is great because it's going to be a good introduction to that. And everything is explained in a way that is very specific to uh, how dance can, uh, you know, add some compensation patterns. So, even though I think a lot of non-dancers can get some benefit from the program, uh, just the way that things are explained are more from a dance point of view. But really, the exercises are for anyone, not just dancers. Um, and yeah, so it's four weeks, but you can certainly extend it or you can do it faster than that. It's really very, I wanted to make it very customizable. There's a home program with no equipment and there's a gym program. That includes things like using barbells, uh, dumbbells, kettlebells, all that. So it's really anyone can use the program, hopefully, and get some benefit out of it. And uh, um, yeah, I I really feel like it's a million years ahead of my first version of Dance Stronger. So and there's also one of my favorite things about it is the supportive Facebook group that we have going where people have been asking questions and sharing their experiences. So I think it's really important to have that support as well to help you stay accountable to the program and to keep to keep doing it. Because if you are not actually doing the exercises regularly, then like you're not going to improve. So I think it's really important to have that support of that group to help you out. Yes, and I highly, highly, highly recommend this program since I've gone through it, and I'm going to link it on the show notes as well. We're going to switch over to the Dance Printer in Quick Step, where we have three quick questions that whatever comes to mind first, you will answer. Are you ready for this, Monica? <laughs> okay. Um, dance style you would love to try but haven't? Um, belly dancing. Although I've tried it once, and it went terribly um, but it made me learn a lot of cool stuff in my body. So I, I really want to do more. Favorite dancer and why? Um, I guess I'll be really cliche and say Misty Copeland because ah. obviously she's awesome. And just, I think she gets it. Um, and I, you can really look up to her as an athlete as well as a dancer. So I think, I think she's just awesome for all the reasons that we all know and love. I don't have to say much about that. <laughs> Dance style that currently describes your day and why? I 
say it's some kind of like interpretive contact improv. <laughs> Ooh, I like um, that. Mostly just because I never know what I'm going to do in a given day. Like, I know I'm going to go to work probably, but my when I'm working with a client or I'm doing a massage or training, I really have a rough blueprint of what's going to happen, but I really don't know what's going to happen. A lot of my work is just done kind of in the flow, going intuitively. So while I have a plan and kind of a goal for that session, I really don't know the what's between point A and point Z. So <laughs> if people want to connect with you and find out more about your programs, um, how can they find you? Um, so you can find me on my main website is danceproject.ca. And that's my blog and my professional website. So you can find information about working with me and read the amazing things that I write. <laughs> yes. Um, and you can find more information about Dance Stronger, the training program at dancestronger.com. And you can also find me on Facebook. My page is The Dance Training Project. Uh, on Twitter, what's my handle? At Monica Volkmar. And I'm recently now on Instagram. I'm getting with the times, so you can find me at Mon Volkmar. How would you describe your relationship with dance? I think this would be a very interesting discussion, don't you think? You can go to AnnetteBone.com forward slash 040, where you'll also find the show notes to this session and leave me any questions and comments there. I definitely welcome your feedback. And if you wouldn't mind going to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and giving me a rating and review and also, of course, subscribe to the podcast, that would be fantastic. And that way I can continue improving the podcast as well as give you a shout out on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.